Paddy Coda is a man who puts family before everything else. Ever since he was a young lad, I've always thought of Fadi as mature beyond his years. Being the oldest boy, Fadi was a father figure to his siblings. We were 14 kids. Mum was a single lady back then. Finances weren't where they needed to be. Fadi entered the workforce at 11 and has been supporting his family and uplifting his community ever since. We are so pleased to share his success story on the podcast today. Welcome to another Safi Bros podcast. Alhamdulillah, we've got a dear brother of mine, uh, an older brother of mine, Alhamdulillah, Fedi Koda, uh, CEO and director of Barry Plant Glenroy. Also, uh, many hats he has on, Alhamdulillah, supports the community in many ways and also does a bit of development. Uh, what's the company called again? Kodakon. Kodakon, Alhamdulillah. Uh, welcome to the Safi Bros Podcast, Habibi. Thank you for having me. Allah khalina yak. It's a pleasure spending time with you boys. Allah khalina yak. So, Bismillah. Uh, we welcome you, inshallah, and would love for you to share uh, your young, young Fadi, please. Tell, yes. me, tell me about young Fadi, the one that used to come to my milk bar and buy lollies off me. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I can remember when I was actually two and a half, three years old. Well, wow. I remember that far. Yeah, okay. Oh, not exactly. But day snippets. Day, but snippets. snippets yeah. yeah, yeah. Subhanallah. Take us back to that. Before you take us back there, uh, take us through the family. How many siblings? How many in the family? Eighteen. When total. did you just come to Australia? There's um, nine boys and nine girls even split. Allahu Akbar. Eighteen. Yeah. I think we migrated back in 76. There was three of us, a mum and dad, two boys and a girl. Uh, I was one years old back then, a long time ago. Who's the oldest? My older sister. And then? Then another girl, and then me. Oh, so you're the oldest boy. I'm the oldest boy. I'm fair. Allahu Akbar. A lot of people think I'm the oldest, actually, but I'm not the oldest. I've got two older sisters. Um, Yeah, I was one one years old when I came. So you were born in Lebanon? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I am an import. Uh, I didn't know you. (laughs) 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 Just just missed the... uh, The Same. (laughs) I'm three years old, so when I came, so I'm not import too. I didn't know you were an import. Yeah. 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 um, Life was different back then, I'll tell you that much. I went to school not knowing a word of English. Wow. Not a single word. Yeah, wow. but you still like, you know, you started that, what's called prep, didn't you? you yeah, know? not a word of English. Not no, a word of English. Not a single word. Because you guys were. So, so your, 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 your home days at home, no English, speaking no Arabic. English. All Arabic. Wow. Mum and dad came, they didn't know any English, they weren't going to learn any English. So, yeah, we went to school and my dad actually pulled a shift here. He registered me as a twin of my older sister. Oh, wow. Made you older so you can get the benefits. <laughs> Or put me in, he put me in school a year earlier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was capable, but we had a sister, a nun, Allah Jazeel, that used to come and look, help mum a bit. She come home one day, she goes, where's Feather? And my mum goes, he's at school. She goes, no, he can't be at school. He's too young to be at school. So she went, she went and dragged me out of school that day, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. The school didn't know any better back then. Back then, technology wasn't what it was today, obviously. Yeah, yeah. What you said was... What was actually yeah, that's correct. Yeah, your your word is your bond. That's exactly right. So you're right. She came and pulled me out of school and took me back home. Yeah, we went to school. Even my sisters, I don't think knew much English back then. Life was not that simple back then. Well, going to school, we were the first Muslims to actually attend a Catholic school. Yeah, Yeah, Dad thought putting us in a private school, going to get a better education. But back then, racism was a lot different to what it is today. Yeah. I we were frowned upon. I remember my sister getting beat. I remember I was beat nearly every second day. Wow. Unfortunately, 
by grade four, I was probably one of the strongest kids in the school. Not out of choice. I'm not a fighter. You know what I'm like. But getting picked on so much, you having to defend this. yourself. Mm. But yeah, it was. Um, Hold on, St. Mm. Margaret Mary's, eh? You were there f- two year seven, two year, in the grade six, yeah. Oh wow! And then where did you go from there? They wouldn't accept me at Trinity. Oh. Everybody that was in St. Margaret Mary's just naturally flowed through yes, to correct. Trinity. Yes, yeah. I was not accepted, believe it or not. Why? Because I was a rebel and I was fighting by the age of whatever it was back in grade three. I needed to defend myself. Even the teachers were picking on me, to be honest. Some of the teachers were great, I'll be honest. I remember spending all of grade one lunchtime in a classroom with Miss Roof. Wow. I couldn't be outside in the playground. You remember those days? Yeah. The whole lunchtime was spent inside the actual classroom with uh, Miss Roof. How did that feel? How did that feel? Look. At, I that, think at that age, not knowing. We were a lot more resilient back then as kids compared to today's kids. You look at how we grew up and what we went through. If you tried to put one of today's kids through it, mm. forget about it. It's not going to happen. The only, we were just built differently back then, I believe. Yeah. Was it lonely to a degree? It was, but Miss Riff was good. I mean, she is a non believer, but she took me under her wing and protected me back then. Oh, wow. SubhanAllah. Mm. Can you take us through any situations that happened at that school that shaped you, that made you who you are today? Going to school not knowing a word of English meant what? Couldn't communicate whatsoever. Getting picked on, getting bullied. The teachers knowing we were Muslim. I mean, I remember my sister being beat up real bad by a bloke, and I was younger than her, and he was in her class. I was only in grade prep at the time, and I was devastated for, for months. Wow. And there's nothing I can do about it. Not a wow. single thing. Were you always in Coburg, Brunswick? Yeah. That house was the first house? You... No, we were in uh, Brunswick first, off off um, Ligon Street, next to Glenlion Road, then we moved there. Wow. But we we, we moved to Coburg before we actually started school, before I started school anyway. Wow. And a lot. Talking about how we grew up in the house, the house was a three-bedroom weatherboard home with 14 kids in it, brother. Allah. Well, not back then, but it eventually, eventually had 14 kids in it. Love like yeah. Try that today. Uh, the so how, how was, how was <laughs> the structure? Tell, tell us about your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually in the milk bus slept on crates. It wasn't a bedroom, it was a quarter. It was a quarter, huh? Five, six kids in the same room, two in each bed. Bunk beds? No, no, no such no, thing as no, bunk no, beds no, those no, days. No, no, no. It was a single bed, two people per bed. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, good old days. Though. I mean, you felt closer to your siblings back then. Yeah. So take us through your high school days now. Now you're obviously, you've learned English, obviously. I, now. Saw, I saw a bit of light at the end of the tunnel when I left um, primary school. But now you know English? Yeah, of course I know You're seven, yeah. you're, you're well. Yeah, the, yeah. 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 Well, kids learn. I thought, just I'm out of this school. I put it behind me. But what happens? Some of the kids from the school follow me to Cabo Oh, wow. Oh, shit. So I'm trying to say out of the... Area, so nobody knows me, what I was and who I was. I didn't know that it's going to be a different start. school because it wasn't a Christian school. Yeah. Mm. I didn't understand the difference back then. But eventually it was good. There was a lot more Libos there, more Muslims there. So things started to actually feel more comfortable. How was Kobukai then? Then it was pretty rough those days, no, wasn't no, it? it was, was good. It was good Kobe those Kobe days. was a reputable school back in those days. Okay. Um, we're talking mid-80s, I think it was. Uh, no, it was good. If you wanted a career, if you wanted an education, you could get it at Kobukai. Oh, wow. Okay. It was set up for education. It was a good, reputable school. Mm. The question I have for you is, in primary school, did you forge any relationships and friendships? That, did not, you, at all. Did, not at n- all. Not a single friend there in primary school? No other kids? Teachers. Just teachers. Wow. Yeah. A couple of teachers. Oh, wow. They yeah. saw what was going on. Yeah, of course. When yeah. I remember Mr. Peter, he pulled me up off the floor of my ears. Now, to pull a young kid off the floor of your ears is 
also devastating. Yani. Yeah, of course. Wow, yeah. you remember those yeah. names. Of course, bro. I actually attended the, um, what do you call it when you go back? Uh, Alumni, uh, what do they call them? Reunion. Reunion, yeah. yeah. The minute I walked in, I gave him a dude, he walked out. He remembered. He remembered. Yeah, he was Yani, he was bluntly prejudiced, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Wow. Yeah. But the minute I walked in the dirty, I gave him for a bit to get out of here. This bloke's a young, <laughs> a young man now. <laughs> how long ago was that? I was 21 when I attended. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And how was that feeling, going back to... Well, look, I went there out of curiosity. It was around the corner, so you know, I didn't want to go back, but somebody obviously... Reached out. Reached out. Hold on, so take us... Uh, did you start forging relationships in high school now? In high school. And, and, and tell us about this. Tell us about how you forged relationships there. And I stuffed my education, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, Why? We were 14 kids. Mum was a single lady back then. Finances weren't where they needed to be. We had a mortgage. And money was more important back then to us as a family than my education. So I had to... Oldest boy. Yeah. So you, went, took, you took your father role. I went to work at the age of 11. You were working at a bread shop, weren't you? Mm. I remember you were on. Uh, yeah, I used to come past your shop. That's on right. The way back. On the way back, I used to come past <laughs> shop. You were quite young and you, were, you started to work very early. 11. 11, yeah. 11. Mm. The Italian bread shop so, that so, was. Uh, so you, you, were, you were at school and working? Yes. Yes. Do you remember? Do you remember yeah, the bread shop? Oh, that was across a, the road that, from the soccer. That the, was a busy. The indoor soccer. Yes. That was, that the was, heck, the indoor soccer was across the road. And no, no, indoor soccer no, no, was next no, to you. I was just was around the bend. Where the McDonald's is now? Just past it. Yeah, that's right. That was a good bakery. Very busy. Very good. They were always second and third in. In Victoria, for quality of bread, Italians. Yeah, yeah. but the Aussies always used to win. Yeah, we never got first. We always <laughs> got second and third, but we never ever got first. Yeah. Wow, yeah. those days were different days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now they all want the the focaccias and the, yeah. <laughs> and the salad. Now they're in. Yeah, I mean, I was making focaccias back then. Not many people knew what a focaccia was back then. I'm talking yeah. to you, 40, 40 years ago, more than forty years ago. Eleven. How'd you get that? Oh, sorry, jo- just for- How'd you get that job? What made you? What happened? What, well, I'll what- be honest with you. I wanted the job. I needed money, bro. There was no money in the house. Whatever money came to the home was needed, and some. So I went and asked every shopping from there, from my house, go leaving up to there for a job. Whether it was a butcher, whether it was a baker, whether it was a post office, whether it was a news agency, nobody's going to give an eleven-year-old a job. This wasn't going to happen. I asked him. He was the only one that was actually, um, what's the right word? Inviting. The rest all shut me down immediately. He had a bit of a laugh with me, so I kept going there. Three months straight, I kept going there every single week asking for a job. Three oh, months? Three here. months. Three months. Subhan- Nobody would give me a job, right? Subhan- the only job I would get that I could have got probably was throwing papers in front yards on the bike, which, yeah, I, yeah. Did, which I didn't want. Yeah. Not in a bad way, I just didn't yeah. want it. That was the only job you could do. The, front yeah, of the, yeah. the money wasn't great. I didn't want it. You know, I mean, yeah. you, to get whatever you were getting back then, throwing you know, the age or the herald son in someone's front yard was not going to be viable for me. The situation at home, did mum force you to go out? No, not at all. Was something you seen in the needed, household yeah. and you said it needed to be done? At that, at that, at that I age? Had, I had never once attended the canteen at school. Wow. Primary school and high school? Or, or I, lie. I went once in primary school because I found a wallet when I was probably about eight years old. It had $2 in there. I handed it into the teacher. I got it back in six months saying, hasn't been, um, nobody's owned up to it. Oh, wow. Well, so they got back to me, so I had $2. And that's the only one time I ever went to the canteen up in, until this stage in, in my primary life. school. And um, even high school, bro. There was no money, bro. Dad couldn't do it, and it was very, very hard. Wow. Everybody else was living a normal life. I'm sitting here. Yeah, but there's a lot, there's a lot of kids to feed, bro. I'm not saying it was wrong, and I'm not saying I felt 
you know, only, but you, but you we were deprived. You, you took that initiative. Yeah, I had to take initiative. Wow. Mm. At that age. Mm. And so what did you do with your money? Like, did you give it to mum? So no, let's, yeah, go, no. let's go back to the job. Sorry. Go back anyway, to, I, so, so you've gone there for three months. For three months, not just him, everywhere. Everywhere. You but kept I, going to the same but place. But I kept going back to him because he was always inviting. inviting. Mm. When I say inviting, he didn't say get out or he didn't shut me down immediately or he was, he talked to me. So eventually he suggested to me. Eventually. At 13 now. At 11, no, it's, yeah, I'm still it's 11. 11. 11 months. Still yeah. 11. SubhanAllah. He goes, I'll pick you up at 2 in the morning on a Friday night. So he used to open up at 2 in the morning. He goes, I'll pick you up at 2 in the morning. I obviously went to bed early that night. I wake up at, I think it was quarter past two. And back then we only had, what did we have? <laughs> no. Communication. <laughs> Alarm we had, clock. We had the, 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 <laughs> we had the dial phone. A dial up, yeah, the That's dial phone. Yeah. That's right. Quarter if you're past, lucky. Quarter past two, he hasn't come, so I ring him. He's not answering. I'm in the shop, he's not answering. So I kept ringing until about three o'clock, he answered the phone. He goes, you really want to work, don't you? I go, yeah, I do. He goes, be here at six in the morning. Wow. Mm. He wow. even tested you then? Yeah. He goes, you, yeah, so he goes, you really want to work, be here at six in the morning. I got there at six in the morning, and I worked for six hours that day. And then I started working every day after that, six to eight in the morning, because I had school. And Friday night, a 10-hour shift and Saturday night, a 10-hour shift. Wow. How was it? That was great. First, I, how, I loved it. how long did you do that for? 11 years. 11 10, years. 10 years, yeah. While you were going to school, mm. how you, did you manage that? Wasn't do you hard. think it affected your schooling? Of course it did. That was the priority, schooling, was it? Were you sleeping at school? Of course I was. Well, I had the opportunity to. Wow. But you've always had to go get in here. Oh, well. No choice, really. No choice. Wasn't out of choice. SubhanAllah. 11 years. So it, until you were 22, you were working there. 21. Yeah, just 2021. 21, yeah. 21. SubhanAllah. What were you getting paid then? And I was also doing a second job on a Saturday and a Sunday. Come in. At Bailo in Footscray, catching two, two trains and a bus to get there. Wow. Because it was double time and triple time, if you remember, yes. back in those days. Yeah, back in yeah. One hour was worth two hours on a Saturday and one hour was worth three hours on a Sunday. Well, what company was that? Bailo. What did you do there? Bilo. Remember Bilo? What is Bilo? Is yeah, so like you don't even remember, do you? No, I can't. <laughs> is it like, it's like a Dimmies? No. No, no. It's, Bilo was, I remember, it's like Jules. Uh, no. This, uh, huh? Bilo was a, a branch of Coles. Oh, Bilo, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. That's the one. <laughs> that's an oldie. He was. That's the one. That's him. Remember that bloke? He was and, the until I got forefront. Sa- until I got sacked from there. What did you wow, get Wow, what happened? I was working stacking shelves and I was asked to be transferred to the fruit and veg department. So I got transferred to the fruit and veg department. Young kids, bro. I was 13 years old, 14 years old, whatever I was. Yeah, yeah. I um, hosed down the storeroom and left the courtroom, sorry, and left the doors open. Oh, oh no. Exactly this time here. Back then, they were only open on a Saturday till one, and Sunday was closed back then. Oh, my gosh. The uh, store owner had to come in on Christmas Day, and it was exactly around this time I was here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and close the shop up, or close the um, courtroom up, and wait for it to be okay before he left. So he had to spend his Christmas. <laughs> you're, stuck in you, ru- you ruined his Christmas on. Yeah. Uh, he didn't sack me. I actually left, but he was going to sack me. So oh, I well. just ended up pulling. It's happened me. here before. We've. That's young the worst man. thing you could ever do. Young, we, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're young. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. But it's happened Sometimes, here. It's the worst thing you could ever do. Even I did this to my kids, which I've learned to try and stop doing it. We say one thing, and we know what to do, but we expect they understood what to do, and they got no idea what to do. Mm. And we have a go at them because they didn't do it properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to. I need to sometimes slow down and explain things a bit more thoroughly to them. 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's what this is what I do. Like this is what I do with staff. Subhanallah, it's the only thing. Like you said, they get them to repeat what you teach them because if they repeat it, at least they've heard you. You know they understood, and it. they understood. Well, you, yeah. I my son, I've told you a hundred times. If you don't understand, <laughs> tell me. I asked the question, but unfortunately, they don't. They don't. We're they gonna don't. Sli- I'm gonna slow down. Yeah, yeah. Subhanallah, amazing. So two jobs. Bilo, you left, and you stayed at the bank. And mind you, there was still no money. Wow. So what did you do with your money? Mortgage. Mum had a mortgage. Wow. So you helped mum through the whole, it, so you got, you got nothing? I don't want to say I got nothing. It wasn't much. What was left for me wasn't much. Okay. But at least it had some money in my pocket. So if I wanted to spend a dollar or two, whatever it was back then, there was something in the pocket. Was mum appreciative then? Of course she was mum. Mum's, I love you. But I don't build them like her anymore. I'll tell you that much. Allah She's an amazing woman. Mm. Strong woman, mashallah. So, Resilience is yeah, probably yeah. the word I mm. use with your mum. Subhanallah. But the the question is like so so you had this money right? The question is, did you ever go out and buy clothes for yourself? Did you no, go out? only the necessities? No, Adidas and <laughs> only the necessities. Only necessities. Subhanallah. Wow. I'm not gonna say I didn't once or twice buy something. Yes, I did, but only the necessities. It's not mm. like I worked and every dollar went on shopping like this yeah. generation. It's been beyond their means. No, the luxury wasn't there for us, bro. No, it was not there for us. Uh, so. Mashallah, like amazing. But how was it being the older brother, and how did your brothers and sisters lean on you? Like they were good. How was that? Like, was it? Look, oh, if oh. I look back at if I look at, back at it now, it was very it was a very responsible role. But it just flowed naturally with the help of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I didn't. It wasn't hard. Like it was like somebody was actually just leading me. Subhanallah. Yani, seriously, I never struggled. So you never felt like sorry for yourself where you go, no. you know what, this is too hard, I no, can't do this. Not at all. I never felt deprived, I never felt um poor, alhamdulillah. And you, like I said, it was all just smooth sailing, to be honest. Allah. There were times where I wished I had something more. There were times where I wished I had more mates at times. I mean, it was it was, yeah. but it, it didn't actually affect me if that makes any sense. So your personal personal relationships were not no existent if you're working that hours? No. So the only time you actually communicated I mean, did, with anyone I did was school. I spent some time with the boys, not a great deal of time, but it was not as much as a normal kid would have got. Yeah. So high school, were you just barely passing? <laughs> no, I was actually smart at high school, to be honest. I would have. I mean, if I, had I have had the opportunity, I reckon, to get a proper education and concentrate on my education, I would probably would have been. What would you want to be? I wanted to be a lawyer, to be honest. Oh wow! Yeah, and actually, some of the school teachers did call me a lawyer. You but were I very, didn't very argumentative. Yeah, no. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't apply myself. And the biggest mistake I ever made was leaving Kobe quite to go to Kobe Tech. Mm. What year was that? I, I called it Beirut Tech. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what year was that? Year ten. Yeah. What happened was, the old man wasn't around, so the boys at Kobe Tech were going on a camp to Tasmania, and that's not a bloody camp. It's a nice trip, as far as I'm concerned. Nice. So what I thought, I'd go to Kobe Tech, go to the camp with him, and come back to. Kobe Kai. That, that never happened. I went and enrolled myself in um, Kobe Tech. No parents. You did it on your own? Yeah. No parents at all. Went to the camp and never went back to Kobe Kai. That was the biggest um, downfall for my education. Subhanallah. That was a crossroads, really, of education for you. I wasn't focusing on it anyway, but I know I would have got a little bit further. And we, I also copped it personally. You're probably a year older than me, um, Yeah. And you're younger than me. We were the guinea pigs of VCE. Yeah. Did you remember that? Try, yeah, remember those days? So the is. teachers, unfortunately, didn't even know what was going on back in <laughs> the VCU. Yeah. <laughs> so terrible school. It was a tech school. It wasn't a high school. That's it was right. a technical school. So yeah. 
And the VCE kicked in, so the teachers are trying to find their feet. We're trying to find our feet, so unfortunately the education just went straight out the window. Can I just touch on uh, several times we've spoken, you said dad wasn't around. How is that? How is that? That many kids, you being the oldest, how is that? How is that? That was a struggle, to be honest. I've always been a bit of a, what's the right word? Arrogant prick. I never, I would never bow down to anybody. Mm. It was just in me. And bigger, older, if I had to run away, I'd run away, but I wouldn't shut up to him. Anyway. My mouth was always getting me into trouble. <laughs> Probably still is, but anyway. <laughs> um, not having an older brother to run to or not having a father to run to was, was, wasn't was easy. Mm. There was a few friends that eventually I could call on. SubhanAllah. Mm. Amazing. See, my oldest recollection of you, I remember... I remember, like, my oldest recollection of you, if I can remember, was you walking in to the milk bar, and uh, <laughs> you were quite young, but I thought it was amazing how mature you were for your age. Which part, which one was that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you were... No, but, mashallah, like, you, for your age, you you projected a much older person for me, like, when I, I remember that very, very clearly. But he, he, he does that. He... he, he uh, like even one thing, uh, like knowing Ferdy for such a long time, he can sit with his nine-year-old man and chameleon and and really resonate like he's that. And In regards to that situation, I was fortunate when I was younger. The old man used to take me everywhere when I was younger. When I'm saying younger, I'm talking the ages now between two and seven. I hung around with old men from the mm. community, which is going to mature you naturally. Yeah. And because I didn't... Spend my childhood, I'm talking from the ages of 11 to about 20, mucking around and clubbing or doing what the blokes were doing back then, spending a lot of time at work. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What what kind of skill sets did you learn through that bakery journey? Can well, you share honest, a bit I mean, I'm going to say this. You, these people might think he's being arrogant now, but by the age of 13, 14, I was actually running that bakery. Wow. Oh, look, my boss would not even come in anymore. He'd come in at 6 in the morning rather than 2 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. I'm a kid yeah. that, that was, I was pushing. I was 13, 14. I was running the bakery on my own. Wow. Wow. Mm. I have a, friends a, a, that used a, a, to come in at night with me and eat and spend time with me. And they're still around. You can you free to wow. ask them. Wow. Yeah. And running the whole show. Yeah. On my own. At what age? 13, 14. 13, 14. Yeah. On your own? Yeah. No other staff? Sometimes it'd be a staff member. Sometimes it wouldn't be. Wow. And that was out of choice. I didn't want no one there. Wow. Mm. And what kind of my mates would come? What kind of bread were you producing? Italian bread, continental bread. Yeah, but bread. what? Thousand loaves, five hundred oh, no, loaves. Forget about it. What thousand loaves? I was doing twelve hours of baking nonstop every single day. I wasn't oh. there for twelve hours a day. When I left school, I was, but up until then, it was twelve minimum twelve hours of baking a day. And what was the wages then? How much were you getting? Four dollars an hour. Four dollars an hour. So four dollars was getting you. It was yeah. A pie and a uh, big M and something. And some. And some. And some. <laughs> <laughs> A pack of smacks back then was two dollars eighty. Is that is that old boss still alive? No, he just passed not long ago. Has you still got a relation with him? I used to go there once every year or twice a year and just help him for a couple of hours. Yeah. Wow. But every time I'd go, there, a couple of hours wasn't sufficient for him. <laughs> Take over the job and do it for him. Subhanallah. Yeah. So you, you had a good relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you think that was a big part of your growth? At, Look, at, he, gave me, he, he gave an eleven-year-old a crack. Would you give an eleven-year-old a crack? Mm. Would I? I mean, let's be honest. If, I, if an eleven-year-old came to you today, would you give him a crack? Today there's laws behind it, yeah, yeah, laws. which wouldn't allow it. Allow it exactly. But if the laws did allow it, would you 
invest your energy and your time into an 11 year old not many people would did he appreciate it did he ever tell you good job fair did, did he ever no Never. back then there was none Ita- of that Ita- Italian like, apart from Italian you, you weren't patted on the back back then mm. back then you were built tough back then you were survival things simple unlike today if you don't pat somebody on the back today they're gonna go different generation different breed it's it's different environment. I don't think it's a different generation. I think it's a different environment which makes it's the environment that produces the product more than anything. And I think so, the environment we were in produced an, quite a resilient produced product. Produced men, yeah, a, a resilient produced product. Produced men. Yeah. I mean, and, and we were, we were resilient because we had no other choice. Like you know, growing up, you know, dealing with all you know your but what, racism and not getting what you wanted and 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 not never being told well done. You know, it was just something that was standard I mean, we, in the time. I was talking to somebody a bit about this a bit earlier. Was the word depression ever known? Never in your heard childhood? it. We never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety. No. Mental illness. There wasn't. It wasn't in our vocabulary then. <laughs> so take us through now. You've made a decision to go to uh, Beirut Tech. You said. Yeah, it was Beirut Tech. Beirut Tech. So that was one of the decisions that we you were smoking in the car in the classroom playing cards, boys. Wow. Allah here, with the teacher's consent, mind you. We were playing cards. Playing cards and smoking in the actual classroom. So you went from a good school from to a, good school that to a was, school just just as long as you come to school, we're happy. Mm. Pretty well, much. We went to a school where the numbers were needed. Any um, people leaving the school could have shut the school down. The numbers at the school were just exactly enough to keep it open because it did get closed down eventually. Oh, wow. My last year of VCE, they closed it down. Wow. Mm. Mm. Because of lack of numbers. Wow. Yeah, but that was, um, yeah, I know all my cousins were there. I mean, there was cousins to work Coburg High, but Coburg High was... Yeah, they were, they were running the school. They were giving you an education. Oh, wow. Unlike Coburg Tech, do what you want when you want. As long as you come to school in the morning, you're accounted for. So that suit your lifestyle, work and... Exactly. And young. I mean, because I hadn't played up until this stage, now I'm starting to play a bit too as a child. Yeah. Uh-huh. Riding a bike, wagging, <laughs> doing stuff, young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Subhanallah. So take us, take us through that. So now we've moved across, finished, like left school. Where did you go? To work? So I was still this? working. I was still at working. work. I never left work. So you straight from, from, from year 12, you went straight to full-time with the baker? You said doing 10 hours? Yes. For how long did you do that? I started to want to change now. Night shift. Baker is night shift. And night shift meant I had no lifestyle. I'm going to bed. Everyone's waking up. Hmm. Boys are going out. I'm going to work. You know, it wasn't... 18, 19 now, huh? Yeah, it wasn't lining up anymore. So I tried a, quite a few jobs. I actually tried panel bedding for a year. And I was on apprentice wages, $170 back a week then, working 12-hour shifts, and the prick never signed me up on the books. <laughs> and I wasted a whole year of my life in $170 a week. Standard practice yeah. these days. Standard practice <laughs> those days. Those days, yeah. So you did panel beating. What else? Beating. And then when I left him, he wanted me to stay there. So he goes, all right, drive the tow truck, be a tow truck driver. So I did that for about six months. Wow. Mm. And what else? I worked in an abattoir. I did that for a full year until I lost my license. Subhanallah. I got caught two hundred and fourteen k's in a hundred zone. Wow. Mm. But mind you, he didn't take my license off me. He did. He gave me a thousand dollar fine on the spot. Oh, so he'd reduced it. He must have reduced he it. He knew I was going up for work. So. Oh wow. Mm. So I said I'm not going to go. Up. So then he looked when it was. So you were bang. No, no, I was slaughtering. Slaughtering, yeah. Me and a couple of the boys were slaughtering, and one of their for old a whole boys. year. We still at the bakery too? All the way to Deniliquin? Oh, so every day you'd go to Deniliquin? Mm. No, wow. every Friday we'd uh, come back from Deniliquin and every Sunday night we'd head out there. Wow. Mm. wow. What else? What else have I done? Why Why all these jobs? Allah. 
What are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to find? There's no f- when there's no. We chasing the money. We just trying yeah. to find a career path. Both. You know, you, when there's no one to guide somebody in life, it's an open slatter. Imagine you had nobody to nudge you back onto the right path. Mm. Can I ask, with <clears throat> your confidence and your ability, doing all these jobs, did you ever feel like I could do better? Always. So that's that. But once again, when there's nobody to to support and guide and give you that that you got to learn the hard way. Mm. So you just jumped around, jump, jump, jump till till you got to where? Which was what was your sort of pathway? What was that thing that you know what was? Then like? I worked at a restaurant for a little bit. I jumped on the cab for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. And I got to say, the cab. If anybody wants to learn life, jump on the cab for a year. I reckon it's a must for everybody. Wow. So Taxi that w- is a must for everybody, in my opinion. Why? You will meet the dirtiest people in the world to the cleanest people in the world. You meet the dumbest people in the world to the most educated people in the world. Wow. You will meet every walk of life on the cab. You reckon that's where you picked up your sales and people skills? No, I, don't, I had it before then, um, but it teaches you a lot about life itself. You'll, you see everything. You see everybody. You might pick up a judge. You might pick up a prostitute. Wow. You might pick up a junkie. You might pick up a professor. And if you and you and you're 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 that type of person that's always having conversations yes. with people. So you're picking up all walks of life. You're, you're learning quite a bit, and you actually, you know, you're, you're broadening your horizons when you do stuff like that. Wow! So you did that for a year. I did it for a year. Good so money. Excellent money back then. Yeah. Back then, and that opened your horizon. I wouldn't have left it if my partner didn't say I want to get out. I had a partner. It's a taxi's a twelve-hour shift. So my partner used to take the night shift. I took the day shift. If the car broke down at the day shift, it was my responsibility. For breakdown on the night shift, it was his responsibility. Wow. So that was working 24 hours. That's, yeah. back, that, that's the Uber back the, the days. The pre-Uber yeah. days. Yeah. Pre-Uber days, man. Look at that. So, so I had the luxury of going to bed not worrying about the cab. Now, the minute he said, I want to get out, I said, I'm not going to put a driver on. And if it breaks down at one in the morning, after a 12-hour shift, you got to get up and go get the cab and worry about it. So I said, we'll get rid of it. Wow. Mm. So you sold it. It was your cab? Yeah. You bought it? Mm. So that was your first major investment then? Yes. I tried a couple before, but nobody gave me the support. I really tried. I wanted to get a van and do some couriering, but nobody gave me money for the van. Wow. So how, how, how did you get the money for the cab then? The person I bought it off got me the finance. Oh, wow. wow. And you're still now all supporting the family? Yeah. All this journey? How old are you now? Still supporting the family? Free. Just so ma- and just married. You just got married? I just got married. So tell us about that journey. I um, before, I was, before I went and got married, I was working in a pool joint managing a pool shop if you remember Billy's. yes for those that don't know what pool green is. room or blue room Q- i can't remember it was Q- Q- room. Room in, um, Brunswick. <laughs> that's right and jamal hassan yeah. was no Tarek was Tarek was that's it yeah yeah so hey Tarek, so it was upstairs yeah. Oh, upstairs yeah upstairs that's right across the road from tevis yes i remember that right. yeah. exactly yeah and allah so i remember allah. that yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> how old were you then those days wow 22 22 now you're gonna get married but if you see now why Yes, yes, I recall. <laughs> 22. Um, That's at a young age to think about marriage. One of my brothers was a bit off the rails, so I took him to get him married. I was in a pretty sturdy relationship. Oh, wow. Unfortunately. Um, he wouldn't get married unless I got married. Wow. I had no intention to get married. No intention? No, none whatsoever. SubhanAllah. Literally I did. Um, so, yeah, we ended up having a double wedding and got married together. Oh, wow. 22. Mm. No intention. So you're pretty much doing the father figure, taking your brother. 
we went to Lebanon and we got married together. And we got married and came back within a space of four months. So we went to Lebanon <laughs> and got married and applied for visas and brought our wives back within a space of four months. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Nasib, mm. no one can stop it. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And you came back married now? Came back married with a substantial amount of debt on my wow. shoulders from Lebanon. Mm. So it was like being an import coming from Lebanon, apart from knowing the language and being brought up here. But the amount of debt I had on my shoulders from getting married, me and my brother, was, uh, to be honest, back then $16,000. Wow. Needed to be done. It had to be done. So your brother is the second oldest second after oldest, you? Yeah. After you. So you took that role. Your sisters as well? When they got married? Two of my oldest were already married before me. Before you. Wow. So when you came back from marriage, were you still working at Pulsar? No. Okay, so what happened there? Tell, talk to us through that. Well, now I'm, I'm married. Wife's expecting a kid straight away, alhamdulillah. Allah is um, I don't want to be in a Pulsar. Yeah. Wasn't lining up with. There was a lot. There was a lot of bad stuff happening there. I recall. I remember there was a few really bad incidents that happened. There was. Yes, there was. Yeah, there was really a couple of bad incidents that happened at that place. I remember. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't for me. So what do I do? I thought time to get your own business. Couldn't afford a license plate back then. Back then, the license plate was worth more than a home. That's correct. That's we're talking about taxi license. Taxi license. Yeah. So I just bought the car, and my best friend back then still is. Dear brother to me, we bought the cab 50-50. Wow. And did that for about 18 months to about just under two years until he said to me, I'm out. Another one, out. He wanted out for his reasons, and I couldn't argue with him for his reasons. I lay a bit of fear. Um, but I wasn't about to take the full responsibility of a 24-hour yep. headache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sold it. I went back to the bloke that actually sold me the cab and helped me get the um, land on the car. I go, I want to sell it. He goes, I'll sell it to you on one condition. I said, what's that? He goes, you come work for me. Wow. Yeah. And he was actually buying and selling taxis, cars and taxi licenses and also getting loans. Now, mind you, back then there was no such thing as a mortgage broker. Yeah. Mm. There was a four-week banks plus a couple of That's right. smaller banks, but there was no such thing as a broker or loan. No, there was no, no such thing yeah. as a brokerage fee. That's right. He was also getting some home loans or some cab loans and some um, personal loans. So I worked with him for a year. Preferring business to... um. Barry Plant. And they approached me and said, mate, how much money are you earning? I told them what I was earning. He goes, you're crazy. You come work for us, we can guarantee with the amount of business that you're referring to us, you'll make four or five times as much as what you're earning. Wow, is that how, is that how your pathway started? Mm. So you were working for this gentleman? I was working for him. Referring? But anybody that wanted to buy or sell real estate, as you know, um, I know quite a few people, I just say, go see him, go see him, go see him. Wow. And they actually approached me and said, you're not earning what you should be earning. Wow. Mm. By this stage, I was about 23 years old. 23-year-old. Naturally, just, mashallah, So people saw that. People saw that capacity in you. And they said, so one guy sucked you into one world and then another guy sucked you into another world, really, isn't it? Yeah. That's what happens, subhanAllah. And I think there's no doubt about it. When we see people with capacity, we invite them. Hmm. Like, personally, subhanAllah, in my whole life, I've applied for one job in my life. People have always approached you. People always come and said to me, do this. You know, the only job I ever applied for was Department of Justice. But everything else was always, come work for me. I need you to do this. Oh, you're not earning enough. Come work for me. I'll give you more. I'll be honest. I applied for a few jobs with a knockback, which which is heart-wrenching. I feel sorry for the kids that apply for jobs and don't get a job, mate. It's not easy. Where was your heart? Where was your heart? And what kind of job your heart was that you would really want? To be honest, it was always in real estate. Serious? Yeah. I just loved homes. Well, when when did that start? Like, what what was the seed that was sowed into your heart that made you 
I don't know, to be honest, just from a young age, I mean, real estate's in the blood. It's just, I don't know. So I can't answer that question up until today, to be honest, but yeah, I've always just enjoyed real estate. Were you referring to the Barry plant in Glenroy? Yeah, they approached me. Okay. I was referring, I had a friend that we grew up with that worked there. Okay. And every time I had any real estate business, I just used to call him, come take this or come. I don't got nothing for it. No referrals or nothing for it. You know, uh, just no spotters in. fee like now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're paying grass cutters for spotters fee. He obviously eventually told his manager where all these fresh leads were coming from. Ah. And then his manager came and said, so come in. Yeah. Now, I didn't want to. I had a mortgage. Take us through that process. So I was working with this Turkish man selling cabs, but it was on a 40-hour week, 9 to 5 earning a Good wage. Yeah. It wasn't a great wage, but it was, humbly, it was a wage. Yes, I yes. had a mortgage, I had a newborn, and I was expecting a second. I wasn't expecting a second, but we were planning on having a second. Now, do you leave a wage to go on a commission basis job? <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> a risky there. Yeah, it's very risky. Not, not yeah. a first child, married, yeah. fresh. You know yeah. what I mean? And you've grown up hard all your life. You, 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 you finally got some security in your yeah, life. Yeah, some you, comfort, man. You go back to... <laughs> Non-comfort. Yeah. Back to the struggles. I didn't take it at the start, to be honest. It took me about three visits before I actually jumped on board. And then, wow. I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to jump on board. The bloke I was working for, the Turkish man, he goes, your heart's not here, it's there. Serious. He goes to me, go there and I'll support you. Wow. I didn't even have a car. Honestly, I had a shitty $1,000, $2,000 car that I was just running around, but you can't be drunk. Yeah, you can't do the rest of that. In a suit and a $1,000 car. <laughs> just wasn't gonna... So he gave me one of his cars. Wow. Hmm. I don't know if you remember, if I remember me driving a black Ford Fairlane back then. Yes, yes. That was his, not mine. Oh, wow. Hmm. So he goes to me, I'll give you the car for six months and I'll support you financially if you need it till you get in your fate. He's still close to his brother? I am. He's in Indonesia, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Long. Anyway, I got sacked three months later. Serious? Mm. That's Why? Another, that's another bloody um, racist move. I started in September 11 here. Long. And my mouth's always gotten me in trouble. It's just who I am. They were bagging the Muslims and I was just giving it back to them, unfortunately. But being a young, naive kid, didn't know how to give it back to them. Which 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 plant? Same place. Same place? The place that you own now. Mm. The place you own now? Yeah. Allahu Akbar. You got and sacked. I, they, they couldn't sack me, but they started, they didn't want me there. That's it. Your views are too... I mean, for those that are getting into real estate today, they're very lucky. But whoever got into real estate back in my day, you were given a key for the office, a diary. And I feel, what the hell's a diary? I've never seen a diary in my life. Doesn't even get a proper education, give me a diary. <laughs> <laughs> so I was missing appointments, obviously. And then, yeah, but that's the reason they wanted to get rid of me was because of September 11th. How long were you there for? Three months. Three months. Did you like it? I didn't, I didn't get shown what to do. I had the contacts, I had the leads, but I didn't have the know-how. No training, proper training. And being a young 23-year-old, you're dealing with people's biggest assets, but I didn't yeah. appreciate that at the time. I think I trust you with their home when you're 23. Halab, being from Dumba, was a big community back then. It's a lot yeah, bigger yeah, today. Yeah. Bigger now, I had yeah. that behind me. Yeah, you had, your, you had your connections. I had my community behind yeah, me. So your network. I relied on my network, which got me through it. But did I make a mess of some of their properties? I did, unfortunately. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I was too bloody arrogant to ask for help, and they didn't want to help me because of September 11. So made life very complicated. Wow. Mm. So now you. Unfortunately got... for me, eight months after I'd been into the role, they had their annual awards night. And that really pumped me up. 
I wanted to be up on stage. Number one. I've always wanted to excel in whatever I did. Uh-huh. I got into that awards night having 400 odd people there back then was a huge why, fear. Why, why, Fiddy, why? I don't know why. I can't tell you why, to be honest. I wanted to prove my boss wrong back then that sacked me. That was my biggest motivation. He never trained me, never helped me. He was racist against me. And then all of a sudden, he wants to sack me. So I wanted, he was the main reason what actually made me succeed in real estate. Wow. Mm. Just to prove you wrong. Amazing. That was your driver. That was. Love and it was all racially motivated. But they won't admit to it, but it was. SubhanAllah. Tough <laughs> place because I think. Um, Listening to your story, obviously, that the resentment at young age as well, being, you know, going to a school, private school from that age, not le- learning English, and it's it's a build-up, and it's just constant. Okay, yeah, well, like I said, it all, for me, as far as I was concerned, it all ran smoothly, but for the kids that are around today, they, they, they've got to look back and just at least appreciate what we went through. Mm. They shouldn't, they need to. So in that in that time that you got sacked, what happened there? What did you do? I became motivated. Ah, so, so you went back into real estate? Yeah. Well, how did you get back? The one that actually sacked me wasn't the one that recruited me. There were two partners. Mm-hmm. The one that sacked me was not who recruited I went back to the one that recruited me. Oh, so wow. Me, I said, give me a second chance. And he did. Oh, wow. wow. The assholes put me on a five-minute sheet. Five-minute sheet? What's that mean? Five-minute schedule. I had to fill out every five minutes what I was doing. Oh, wow. All here for, two, for two weeks. They gave you discipline, but... Hard to discipline me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I was more motivated. More now. motivated. Yeah, I had a. Yeah, but that is, that is that is discipline, really. When you've got focus, it's discipline. Yeah, but where's okay? You want to put somebody on a five minute sheet? You got to train them. Mm, you got to yeah. tell them what to do. Yeah, I can't just say to you here, go on a five minute sheet, write down what you've been doing for the next five minutes. <laughs> did you ask them to help you? I was arrogant. But they know they've recruited somebody that's got no idea, mm. no experience, no knowledge, no industry knowledge. Anyway, well, you got to show them the ropes. But back then, I think the whole industry was a bit. That way. Wow. Hmm. I wanted to grow. And after being sacked, I'm not a failure, bro. I've never failed in anything in my life. So I wasn't about to be sacked and not succeed in every industry I've always touched. I've always, as far as I've, I'm concerned, I've mastered it in my opinion. Done not being the best in the whole world, I don't know, but I've given, it my, I've given it my all. I've given it my best. You know, I don't half-heartedly do stuff. But to be sacked, that's, that's terrible, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened there? So did you, did you what, how, how did it go with the awards? The awards, I went then, I was a bit more motivated. I was really motivated, but then it motivated me. That I said, okay, my objective now is to be up there next year. Wow. Okay. I didn't make it the first year, but the okay. second year, took out number one. Took out number wow. one. Number one real estate agent. In the network. In the network. Wow. That's wow. the whole of Victoria? Yeah. Oh, that's mm. huge. Mm. And so nobody that, wanted it, mind you. Uh-huh. Very few people wanted me up there. Yeah, of course, yeah. SubhanAllah. What were the struggles that you faced that stopped that people stopping you? What were they doing? First, I wanted them to change my name, which I told them ain't going to happen. Back then, wow. I had a full-blown beard, too. They said, you've got to shave your beard. I said, ain't going to happen. Like, my, my attitude didn't help me, too. So, But my, my thoughts were, I'll do what I want. Not in an arrogant, maybe a little bit of arrogance, but the beard ain't going to make who I am or the name's not going to make who I am. They're not going to respect me for who I am, well... So you, you you felt that pressure of identity. Of course I did. So that Muslim I hadn't finished up until identity. this stage. I hadn't finished. Wow. I mean, it was okay working with the brother in the taxi because he was Muslim and he was Turkish. Mm. But now, got, now, you, now you're pretty much getting into a corporate world. I couldn't pray in my office. I'd have to have to go to my house or my sister's house, whoever was closer, 
actually pro. We're not there. Roll out a floor mat and play in my office space back then. No mm. way in the world. I would have loved to have. Would have been a lot more convenient, a lot more easier for me, but I wouldn't have done it. How big was the office then? It wasn't big. It was probably 80 square metres. How many staff? Back then, I think there was about six or seven of us wow. in total. It was only a small firm back then. And going through that journey of being number one, uh, what kind of obstacles? What kind of obstacles were you facing? I from your staff members or your seniors? or I didn't... F- the reason, okay, I've probably missed a touch. A year after I had just come in, there was probably six partners over a span of four offices. So there was Brunswick, Kobik, Pascoe, and Glenmore, and there was probably six partners. They got into a bit of a... Beef? Disagreement. Yeah. And the ones that were in Glenmore were probably called the bluff. Said to the other ones, buy us out, we'll buy you out. Obviously, they got bought out, which then gave me um, the opportunity. I was only young back then, probably 24 now. Wow. But you're number one? No, no, I'm not number one at this stage. Oh, but I was starting to put the points on the board. Okay, the same potential. This is a year later, I'm telling you. One of the directors says to me, are you staying or are you leaving? Obviously, they're going to go to another network now, another organisation. And so the one that was at Coburg said to me, are you staying with us or are you going to leave? I said, I'll stay on one condition. He goes, what's that? I said, I want to be manager. Nice. He goes, no. Which I respect. He goes, you're nobody and you've been around for no time whatsoever. You want to be a manager? Prove it and take it. Said, nice. okay. He goes, we'll readdress it in 12 months. I'll give you my word. Mind you, six, six months later, it was announced. Wow. wow. That was the first goal that you were working mm-hmm. towards. So you saw that vision of you making it. You oh, saw he gave me the opportunity. Yeah, but once he gave you the opportunity, you saw yourself doing it then? Yeah. You saw yourself, that's it. Oh, yeah, no, it? Problem. no problem. You, you, you didn't have a doubt in that. No, I mean, like I said, it, life's not hard in general if you give it your all. Yeah. You do your best and the rest will fall into place. If you know you've done your best, you can't do any more than that. I mean. That's, that's the truth. You only, I might say I want to conquer the world, but if I can't conquer the world, I can't conquer it. It's not me. But if at least I know I tried to do my best, well, I tried my best. I can't. You can't ask for any more than people's best. Was the, because obviously real estate's very lucrative, was that driving you now that you're, you're getting financial freedom? Of course it was. Flash car, flash suit, money full of, you know. Still supporting mum and kids yeah, and, yeah. and your brothers and sisters? Yeah, full of money. Obviously, by then, there was a few of us more married and we were a bit more wiser, a bit stable. more stable. No more mortgage at this stage too. We paid the mortgage off, alhamdulillah. Inshallah. Paid off all the debts. So, and a lot more money was coming in too, alhamdulillah. As a family, were you all supporting each other? Of course we were. I mean, I made sure every one of my brothers and sisters had a house. Wow. Before I bought my second home. Wow. Boy or girl, made no difference to me. Wow. Amazing. Alhamdulillah. And then once again, that was through Hidayat Allah, bro. I can't sit there and take all the glory. No way. There's no way I could have done what I did at those ages off my own back. It's impossible. So take us through now. Now you're number one office, your store manager. Hmm. What's that looking like? What kind of money was coming? It's a lot of money back then, mashallah, man. But I better watch what I say now. Bloody <laughs> 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 42 and 43% out of the bloody dollar goes to the tax man. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the more you earn in this country, it's, unless you're like, you're going to go extraordinary, it gets harder and harder. Mm. Money's good, but when you're losing half of it to the tax man, you're... At that age, what, we're 24 now, 25? 25, 26, 26, yeah. 27. Did you have any financial literacy? Did you understand the money game? Oh, yeah, Did you I, understand? Always had, I always had financial literacy. I mean, I'll be honest... My biggest strength in my education and in my life has been my maths. And unfortunately, I haven't had one kid here out of the 11 kids that I've got. 
Let's call it maths. Subhanak Allah. Not one. Well, yeah. Subhanallah. So I've always... You understood numbers? Yeah. Well. Wow. I don't want to sound arrogant again, but I was by far the most talented student in the class when it came to the maths classroom. Wow. So you started understanding where... Now, was I, um, to answer your question, was I wise with my money? I don't know. Um, but could I manage my money? Of course I could have. Yeah. Fantastic. You could save, you could be understood. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, uh, mashallah, I know one thing about you that, you know, especially in the property game, you know, you know where to invest, where to go, what not to do. You were very, at, at, at a young age, where, you know, majority of people that start investing are in their 40s, 38s. But investing and being able to do these things at 24, 25 really is. So t- so what was the biggest break you had, you can think? So in your career, what would be the biggest break that you had that catapulted you the most? Would it be that going into real estate or would it be buying into the real estate? Or, or somebody of, believing in you and giving you a crack? It was marriage. Then the first kid and the second kid. Wow. This new generation says, I can't afford it. I'm not in a position to have a kid. I want to finish my education. I want to finish my business venture, I want to do this. They don't understand that the marriage gives the baraka and gives you the door opening. The first child, kazelik yeah, al-amr. Second child, that's the reality of it, bro. You know, I look back at it now, and that's, that's all it was. So you felt that? I didn't plan to be where I was. Had you have asked me at the age of 23, what do you want in life, what would we have answered? What would you have answered? It's the same that everyone wants. So I want money. A house? A house, a house com- paid off? Comfortable a life. A cruisy car and a decent lifestyle. Yeah. And good kids. Where are we today, alhamdulillah, compared to that? Mm. I guarantee you, not just me, a lot of people at the age of 20, 23, ask them what they want in life. I don't know about today's generation, but back in our day, we wanted a paid-off home, a reliable, good car, and a decent income. You wouldn't ask for what you got today for a lot of the... Yeah, now they want to be social influencers. And <laughs> well, <laughs> they're living for everybody else, unfortunately. That's... That's social media for you. But it's you live for, for somebody else. You live for your family. You, you you know you did that in a way. Yeah, but I don't have any social media, believe it or not. I've got a Instagram page now, which one of the ladies at the office set it up for me, but I don't see it. I don't visit it. I don't know anything about it. I don't have any Facebook, wow. any Twitter. Hello. The only thing I've got is WhatsApp. So if we go overseas, we're a form of communication. That's, that's as much as it goes. Should I have some? Maybe I should, but. You had a fake account. Somebody happened. It's still there. <laughs> yeah, somebody, it's still there. Yeah, somebody happened to have a fake Facebook account on him. It's still yeah, did there. they? What? Yeah. In his name? Fairy code. Yeah. And I couldn't delete it. Because it wasn't yours. <laughs> but we complained but about it. But it had his photo. Yeah, 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 we uh, complained about it, but then it's still, still there. Yeah, but coming back to your question, I think it was, um, obviously it's Allah, la ilaha illallah, but it was just getting married and having kids, bro. Inshallah. Okay, so that was like, let's say, the amazing break. What will be the hardest time you've ever faced in your life, in a fair to yourself? Personal, my son had an operation probably 11 years ago now. I don't know the name of the operation, but I never wanted to do it, to be honest. I've always put my faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I agree with medicine, and Allah's given us medicine and doctors, but I always try and do things naturally. This wasn't going to happen naturally. And I prolonged it as far as I could. They picked up on it pretty early when he was two or three months old. When a kid's born, the top of their skull is not closed yet. Yeah. My son was born and it was closed. Wow. So he needed an operation which meant ripping his skull out of his head. Oh. Which I wasn't going to. Anyway, um, we eventually the doctor said to us, look, his brain's growing and it's growing towards his eyes. It's going to blind him if you don't 
do something about it. Do something about it. So we agreed to do the operation, but that's, that's, that broke me that day. Wow. Feeling so helpless, Johnny. Wow. Mm. This is why you support the Royal Children Hospital. Mm. Yeah, they're amazing, brother. Mm. They actually ripped his color out of his head, but reshaped it and put it back in his head, Yanni. Subhanallah, ilaha illallah. It's not no. an easy, you know, it's not an easy operation to do. We're so blessed to have that hospital. Alhamdulillah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Well, I, was to, I was talking to one of the brothers the other day, what's him? You know what's him? Yeah. yeah. One, one of his nephews had it done, one of his cousins had it done in Lebanon, alhamdulillah. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh. Amazing. Yeah, we got state-of-the-art facilities, subhanAllah. Even yeah, Shafami Allah Hamul raised, for, I think he was the first uh, Muslim leader to actually raise money for the World Children's Hospital. Yeah, subhanAllah. What did we raise? 180,000? Something like that. Yeah, we raised a fair bit of money for the Russian hospital. Oh, they deserve a program. Yeah, because we had, we had them, we called the ICAT, Islamic Community Auxiliary for the Royal Children's Hospital. And I was sitting on that board and I remember fundraising for them. We can't do enough for them, bro. Inshallah. Well, we can't. Great. It's amazing. When something affects us, we, kind of like Hisham as well, had this operation there mm. as well. Look, we take it for granted. Yeah. We take a lot for granted, brother. Yeah, and he, That kid in Lebanon probably would have died. His parents don't have the money for the operation. Yeah. And how many families are faced with that? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Subhanallah. So take us through, how the hell did you end up buying the place? Like, how did that work out? <laughs> There's the guy that got fired from there who got in by... by did by, you always have that goal? That you wanted to fully own this place? Not really, no. No. I remember... My employer back then said to me, Fadi, don't get into management. He advised you not to get into mm. management. Being naive and being young, I didn't listen to him. Back then I'm earning excellent money and who am I worrying about my, myself? I'm making great money and all I've got to worry about is you, myself. As you boys would know, he's run a business, he's run a successful business, he's got multiple employees. Owning the business is not a walk in the park, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what happened with Corona that just changed the bloody world. But he said to me back then, management's not what you think it is. And the money's not as good as, now this is in the real estate world. Yeah. What you earn as a salesperson, what you earn as a business owner is chalk and cheese. Now you're still making money, don't misunderstand me. Yes, yes. But you're not making as much as a salesperson. That's right. So one in... The top seat, wanting to be right up there, and you wanting to be the king of the mountain is obviously what drives you to go anywhere in life. I think. Allah. Hmm. How did that prevail? Like, what happened? How, how did the, how did you get that opportunity? I got to a stage where, and I was the best at what we did. Yani, real estate in and outside my network, nobody could compete with me when it came to real estate back then. Mm. So he didn't have a choice in the matter. Okay. And he's better to keep me rather than to be yeah. his opposition. So, not that he said no to me. I asked him, and he I started with twenty percent. Then it became forty. Then it eventually to be a hundred. Wow! And what know. what kind of time span was that? Just for our viewers, because some people, some of these kids don't believe I, that it should be done straight away in the first year. No way! No way! Um, you shouldn't give anybody any more than they deserve in life, because I've done it. I fought and I worked and I bled to be where I am. I've given opportunity to people that haven't worked and haven't bled and haven't fought for it. And they just spit all over it and they don't yeah. care about it. Mm. All the effort that I went through to build what I've got today, be it a relative, be it a stranger, if they don't strive for it, don't give it to them, boys. That's my opinion to you. Because they're just going to burn it. 
And if somebody thinks they're going to be a marathon runner before they actually can crawl, well, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's just a recipe for disaster. There is that misconception out there in community that when you just truly believe you deserve it, you deserve it. And you, when you haven't done the grind, when you don't have hard yards, when you haven't really like, you know, it's a stepping stone, I say. I say step one, two, three, four, five, six. And they're still step one thinking, you know, step 1,000 is ready yeah, for them, you know? And we say that a lot, subhanAllah. We well, say once that again, it's today's breed, unfortunately. And I don't say that with any disrespect to them whatsoever. Unfortunately, I don't blame them. I blame our generation and, and probably so much the people that are a bit older than us that made them the way they are today. And you can't raise your voice at your child anymore. You can't discipline your child the way he needs to be disciplined. I mean, if you can't be a bit tough on your son at home, how do you expect him to cope out in the real world? Mm. You know what I mean? But those kids that want to start work today and conquer the world tomorrow, well, good luck to you. Stay ambitious. Yeah. Aim for it. Don't expect it to happen overnight. Yeah. Nothing happens overnight. And no. if you're not patient enough, well, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. No. Simple. But to answer your question, you're going to, yeah, maybe train them, maybe uh, mentor them through the process. But if they don't understand that it is a process, well, then, you know, it's probably not where they should be in life. But life was different back then. I mean, I'll give you a little example. We were out on the bikes to all hours of the night back then comfortably. We wouldn't let our kids do that today, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We were, our confidence was built at a lot younger of an age as it, what it is in a child today, if that makes any sense. Mm. I mean, I, I was driving a car at 14 back then. There was no way I'd let my son drive a car at 14 today. No way in the world. You know what I mean? I mean, I did it, but... I don't know, it just was a bit safer out there. You were running a full business at 13. <laughs> I, was, I was running a bit. No, no, the, 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 the back end. That's operations. Operations. I was operation. actually, so, so, I had nothing to do with the actual <laughs> business. But yeah. The operations, yeah. Did you always, from that young age, do you love business? I get bored easy, Iba. Mm. I get bored very easy. And if something's not challenging me constantly, the minute I get bored, I'm in trouble. So you like love it. the challenge? Yeah. The challenge. Look, it's, it's amazing how we all have, you know, there's no doubt that we're all going to be challenged, you know. Of in life. course. Oh, look, I've been challenged in, I've had plenty of bad times or plenty of challenging times, but yeah, I say I'm one of the most patient men in the world. I'll put it that way. Alhamdulillah. Allah. In regards to that aspect. Can you take us through, Fedi, your journey of cultural Islam to practicing Islam? That's, that's I think I think it's an important topic because obviously our generation, we, we, we all, we've all gone through it. When did you fundamentally... Uh, start really believing in Islam and implementing Islam in your life, which had a big impact. You boys, you boys will probably um, understand what I'm saying or what I'm about to say. Growing up in this country, we didn't grow up on Islam. Is that a fair statement? I mean, we were Muslims, but we didn't grow up on Islam. Yeah. We didn't know how to make wudu. We didn't know what prayer was. We didn't know anything about the sunnah. Our parents migrated here. What was their objective? Safe life. lifestyle. To to try and build a safe yeah. life and you know, keep away from the bombs and the the bullets. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, it's not like they let go of their religion, but it wasn't their main focus. Their main focus was to give us Survive. a roof over our heads, yeah, food on our table, safety. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so growing up, we, we knew we were Muslims, but what's a Muslim? How different is a Muslim to a Christian or how Muslim, you know? We didn't say any different. No, no. There was never a differentiation. Like me growing up always Muslim, Christian, whoever no. you are. It was Look, never I, something we spoke about, honestly. Alhamdulillah, I know how to read and write Arabic. And um, I got taught by a Christian lady how to read the Quran. Wow. Hmm. I, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. And a Christian lady used to come to my house every single day, five days a week, Monday to Friday, for an hour or a night, and teach me and my sisters 
had actually read Arabic and she actually taught us how to read the Quran. Wow. Mm. A Christian know. lady. Wow. So, so, so can you imagine that now? I knew she was Christian because she always had the cross, yeah? And, and she was always not dressed like mum was. And we were old enough to distinguish between, you know, there was a difference between a Christian and Muslim, but we didn't know. So as today the kids have got an Islamic school, as they've got people like yourself, as they've got mentors and they've got people that actually, they've got a lifestyle of Islam in this country now. What was Halil back in our day? Mm. It's me. <laughs> That's about not it. Not much. <laughs> when did we understand the word Halil? Mm. You know what I mean? So up until the age of about probably 16, 17, the religion didn't mean much for me, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Wow. My dad forced us to pray. And I remember I was about 14 years old and he'd just come back from Lebanon. And I said to him, Dad, I really I actually said this to my old man. We're walking to the mosque together and the mosque was only yeah, eight yeah. doors down. Yeah. I said, Dad, we did haqqatu. Looked at me. For the ones that don't know Arabic, you, you're going to get bad deeds. And he didn't say anything, but he was waiting for, but he was, I mean, he was very, very angry. I go, I'm praying for you now, I'm not praying for Allah. And that's how exactly how I felt, Wallahi. Wow. And I was probably 13, 14, I can't remember exactly how old I was. And then he swore at me, he goes, go home. But that's how Islam was, I didn't know any better. And I was actually praying for him, because what's prayer? If you don't have some... If you haven't been brought up with it, if you haven't been taught about it, if you don't know what to say, I didn't even know what to say when I was going into the mosque. Wow. Who's taught me to, who's taught me the fitrah? You know, I've learned it, but I don't know how I need to say it when it comes to prayer because we didn't have what kids have got today. We didn't have any of that. So but alhamdulillah, at the age of 17, I started to pray on my, off my own bat five times a day. So alhamdulillah, I've been praying since the age of 17, five times a day off my own bat because I wanted to pray from here. Inshallah. But when he was forcing me to go to the mosque and I didn't know what to do and what needed to be done, I didn't know any better. So 17 you started doing Alhamdulillah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. What was it that got you to do that? He did, Allah, bro. I said, I can't, was, I can't. There, was there a moment that you said, like you sat down, was there a light bulb moment that you said, do you know what, you got to start praying? Something happened that forced you to think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Not really, to be honest, well, I just came naturally, Alhamdulillah. When I remember this, my brother and all will account for this, there was, I was 18 years old and here, just not even, I was probably 17 that year. He had asked for my sister's hand and he wasn't married yet. New Year's Eve, alhamdulillah, we're sitting there, I'm sitting there reading the Quran. And he's looking at me, but back then I did, But he, he's saying all the kids are out there clubbing, all my mates are out there clubbing, or being in the city wherever they were, and I was sitting there reading the Quran, alhamdulillah. Naturally, I don't know why, but Allah had any, bro. Just, inshallah. It was, it was a gift. It was a gift, alhamdulillah. Mardi. Inshallah. I'll tell you what it is. Inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> Mate, it's amazing. The mum's dua is more powerful then, than anything in the world, Baba. Growing up, Islam is simple, brothers, and it makes sense. And once you just take a second to listen to what the sunnah is and what we're asked to do as Muslims, it all just logically makes sense. It all just falls into play. Yani. I mean, whatever it is, I don't need to say it. I'm not going to teach us about Islam now, but it's simple and it's sweet. Yani. I mean. And once you do it, how do you get back from it? Yeah, once you taste it, that's it. Yeah. It's like you said, it's sweet. So once you taste the sweetness, you're not going to let you go. You can't get back from it. Yeah. Yeah. You, how do you start praying and stop praying? <laughs> how do you start fasting and stop fasting? You need, it's just, yeah. if it's in here, you can't get it, alhamdulillah. And we've got to say yeah. alhamdulillah for the Islam boys. Yani, I mean, we're yeah. very blessed. Yeah, alhamdulillah, I mean, definitely yeah. blessed. Yani, I've always, always, always had one um, soul rule in my life. Inni akhafu Allah and no one else. 
in Allah. That's what made me a little bit arrogant. If that uh, you fear Allah and nobody yeah. else. Yeah. That's what my, that's what's that's been part of my worst part of me, to be honest. So, Alhamdulillah, yani, there'd be kids that were a lot older than me, a lot bigger than me, but I used to use to mouth off to them. I used to, use to yani, I'd run away if I had to. <laughs> I was I'd never back down to them, you know what yeah. I mean? And you put your faith in Allah sincerely from the heart, you're not gonna you're never gonna lose your life. I mean, I mean, how many people have been millionaires? I mean, broke overnight. Yeah, well, Allah. So how many people have been broke overnight? And Allah Akbar. Allah is on. You know, hundred percent. And Allah. And it's not just money, health, health, family, offspring, friendships, parents, brotherhood. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, who's the richest man in the world? I don't know. You might know. I don't. I have no technology, so I don't look at Facebook and that. Who's one of the few? Who's a couple of the richest men in the world? Elon Musk, yeah, Warren Buffett. Okay. <laughs> uh, they don't pray Fajr. No, they don't. They're very <laughs> Fajr. They're the poorest men in the world, bro. We're the richest people in the world. Those that are up every morning praying Fajr, they are the richest people in the world. If you want to weigh your wealth, that Amen. makes any sense. And that's yeah. how I've looked at it all my life. Yeah. I wouldn't have dreamed to have asked Allah for what I have today. And I wouldn't have thought it was possible. And yeah, I worked for it. Yeah, I fought for it. Yeah, I... Struggled for it, but if he didn't want to give it to me, I wouldn't have it, bro. And can he take it tomorrow for us? Of course, you can. I mean, I mean, if I could ask you, if you could mention one person from a gratitude perspective, uh, and being able to to say that shaped who you are today, who would that person be? Who are you most grateful for Mom? that's been in your life? Mom? What would you say to her? I like Allah Bamra, bro. She's got a one-way ticket to Jannah, inshallah, bro. Why? Can you imagine. An uneducated, non-English speaking woman bringing up 14 kids without a husband in this country. Can you imagine I went the wrong way as your oldest brother? No. Seriously. Can you imagine one of... In was, his, uh, was, was it mom that constantly pulled you she in? She didn't alhamdulillah. She didn't alhamdulillah. Yeah, she just got that energy about him, inshallah. She didn't need to. Alhamdulillah. But imagine, just imagine for a second I had gone the wrong way as your oldest kid in the house. Yeah, the whole, the whole family's gone. And we've we've, we've seen that. We've seen that in families. Mum was basically single at the age of forty, bro. How many women will do that today? Mm. Seriously, just to have had that many kids is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Allah, Allah Akbar. Akbar, man. So you followed in mum's footsteps of having more kids. You have eleven, mashallah. Look, it's hard to stop having kids, boys. You just know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean. I mean, I'm going to tell you. Am I struggling to be a father at this age, especially to a newborn? Yeah. Is it easy? Of course, it's not. It's Allah tiring, Allah. very. We need our sleep at our age, boys. <laughs> to be honest with you, my, my newborn doesn't let me sleep. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. But Different challenges. We can't go and choose what makes us comfortable in life, which unfortunately a lot of us do today. Subhanallah. There's so many of us that choose that. We're saying, having kids. Well, what do you mean? I'm not having kids. I'm not going to stop having kids. And if I'm meant to have any more, but I'm not going to prevent them. It's hard for me to prevent them. No. That's the truth. Is it hard? Well, it's hard, bro. You need, sometimes I think I wish I didn't have so much... <laughs> Weight on my shoulders, yes. But that's the visit, you know what I mean? That is your visit. I won't cut my visit, bro. And by stopping and having kids, you cut your visit. I mean, you know, the, you cut a child, you're cutting a lot of visit behind that child, too, bro. Shoulder, which a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand yeah. well, One of them, I'll give him a prime example. My son, he's been married two years, hasn't had a kid yet. Now he thinks when he's ready to have kids, Allah's just going to give him a kid because he's ready. Yeah, it's not the way it works. Huh? You go on a pill, stuff your system up, kill your kids, you know, or prevent them, not kill them. For as long as you want, then when you're ready, oh, I'm ready now, I'll just have a baby. No, it doesn't work like that, kids, mate. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. They don't understand that. They don't appreciate but, that. But subhanAllah, on that, Ruzza, now, I, subhanAllah, every time I have this conversation with kids because they're so, so, so focused on their Ruzza 
And we're the only faith on the face of this earth that has predestined, does it well? I believe that, yeah. And does it with your child? Those two you have no control in, except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to test you with. But from a perspective of trial, everyone really understands that from the faith perspective. But when it comes to Raza, it's not there. Where if you're tested with 10 million Fadi and Ahmed's tested with one, that's your test. Hmm. That is your test exactly like how many, child, how many children you're going to have. So it's very important for our, our, our youth to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has predestined these things as a test. Because as, as we know, your wealth, your children are the two biggest tests. So... May Allah keep us steadfast and uh, Allah very fixed. So all those all those new newlyweds out there have kids straight away, boys and girls. You know, if I had I told my son, and he's probably gonna watch this one day and think you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he was nine and wanted to get married. Good nice. boy, but let's Very give him a plug. Alhamdulillah. But I said to him, Daddy, are you ready to be a father? Marriage isn't about getting married. Marriage is about what happens when you get married. Hundred percent. I said, if you're going to ha- get married and tell me that you're not ready for kids, I'm not going to marry you. I bluntly said it to him, in all fairness. I said, I'm not going to come and be a problem for you once you're married. And if you stop having kids once you're married, you've gone back on your word and I'm not going to make trouble for you. But as a father now, I'm telling you, if you're not ready to have kids, don't get married. Yeah, I, I agree with that advice because yeah. being a father is one of the hardest things you could do. But now it's been Tuesday still hasn't because inshallah he's trying. I don't know if he's yours. Isn't he? and he likes it. I'm not going to go into his house and start trouble for him. His <laughs> missus, but they don't understand. The sooner they have their kids, the sooner their baraki is going to Is it because you want to be grandfather? No. I've got, <laughs> got a newborn, bro. <laughs> I've got babies. I've got angels in my house. Yeah, yeah, angels haven't left my house alhamdulillah since, I've, um, yeah, since I got married. Can you give, a, can you give us the, the, the separation of the kids and ages, please? I've got a 11-month-old and a 25-year-old. Can I ask? I ask uh, this. I haven't done much compared to my old man. Mashallah. You, you're <laughs> <laughs> well, you've only got three to go to catch up with him, isn't it? 14? From mum. From mum, yeah. What What advice would you give some of these youth in relation to keeping a healthy marriage? That would be a really good question for you, Ferdy, because I, I, know, I know you're... We, we, live, we live with a lot more tradition, unfortunately, than we do with sunnah. And our tradition is wrong. It's cultural, it's good in many aspects, but Islam gives the most rights to women, full stop. Now, I've got to be careful too because what we say today can put us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I've always been a firm believer that the woman's never wrong, as far as I'm concerned. The woman gets raised at her parents' house. So what you, how you raise your daughter and how you um, influence your daughter. Invest in the daughter is who she's going to be for the rest of her life, up until what? Her husband takes her. Until her husband takes her. Then the second part of her life starts. Now, if the husband influences her correctly, looks after her correctly, brings her up the right way, treats her the right way, she will never even lift her voice at her husband, as far as I'm concerned. But if the husband thinks she's got to cook, she's got to clean, she's got to do this, she's got to do that, and gives her not, doesn't give her her rights, her rights he's, yeah. got to have a, he's going to have a very, very bad marriage. Yani, you know I get involved in a lot of mediation. Yeah. The woman, unless she's nasty to her core, which is sometimes the case, but that's always the one already. Yeah, but they're the peripherals, really. Yeah, they're, yeah. Rare, they're rare cases. Exactly. Well. The husband hasn't done his job as the guy of the house or as the father of the house. You can't 
do what you want, when you want, how you want, and expect her to be your slave and your core whenever you want. 100%. That, that, that's all it is. I mean, this is, I don't know, Islam teaches us this, but take Islam outside for a second, stuck for Allah. It's just human nature. You treat somebody with respect, they're not going to spit in your face. Yeah. You know, if I kiss you, you're going to kiss me back. Yeah. 100%. I grease you, you're going to grease me back. Now, you say Islam's made you the God of the house. Yes, he has. But he's also said to you, she's weaker than you, so she needs more attention, she needs more love, she needs more kindness from you. Give her that extra little bit. Now, can they nag? Of course, it's, they're, they're built to nag. <laughs> but take it where you can take it. And when you need to put your foot down, you put your foot down, Yanni, but treat them like they're your queen. They're not your slave. You, need, you tell people, do the dishes. They're too big. Yeah, they're the, too macho. It's the ego, man. The ego. They're what too... Is- too manly. Who are you, man? Mind the kids for four hours. Not a whole day. Take the kids for four hours. See how long you last. Four <laughs> hours. You know, just take the kids for four hours. Let your wife leave the house for four hours. Let's see how long you last. I guarantee you're going to run out of that house the minute she gets back. So my advice is men. Forget the women for a second. They're another story altogether. But in regards to the young kids that are getting married, give her her rights. Love her, cherish her, look after her, Yanni. She will be the same in return. And if she's not, get rid of her. Send her back to her parents. They never, <laughs> they never raise your finger at a woman, boys. Anyone that touches a woman, to me, is a coward. To me, is a dog. There is no reason in the world to touch a woman. That's as far as I'm concerned. People might look at me and say, you're an abbey. You've done it before. I've never done it before. You have no justification to ever touch a woman. If she puts you in a position where you need to get, lay a finger on her, send her back to her parents, boys. Simple. Yeah. But you do your bit as a man, and I guarantee you, and you boys will vouch for this, you boys are great for your wives. I'm not saying you haven't screamed at your wife. I'm not saying you haven't had a conflict with your wife. It's human nature. We're going to conflict. But I know your wife adores the crap out of you and will follow you to the death. Is that a fair call? Why? Because they have a hat. Give them their hat. You're, you're just in your ways. You're firm when you need to be. You're soft when you need to be. You're fair when you need to be. You're harsh when you need to be. And that's being the God of the house. That's being the man of the house. Uh, equal rights, yeah, equal rights. But there is a time where a man needs to put his foot down. Yeah. I mean, a no. woman, what a woman gives a child, we can never give. Yeah. The love that a mother gives her child, a man can never give that love. 100%. But that also blinds them in many, many aspects, which then says the man needs to step in with more of a conscious mind. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah look, they're, they're there to protect and, and bring them up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, big it's, topic. it's yeah. a big topic now, especially with, uh, you know, the social media, you know, the Andrew Tate views of, you know, which is not part of the sunnah. Uh, and then you've got the other side of the scale. We're dealing with it, the leadership retreat. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like, with that, with it's like that. you know, feminist to the on the, steroids. Yeah, you know the ultra what I mean? feminist scale to the ultra masculine style. You know what I mean? And how do you bring them together? And so, like, we, no, we were and, dealing and, with and that and last we, week. We, came, we, came, Look, we come back to the sunnah. The sunnah Look, I'm, I'm, is the I'm, guide. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the boundaries a little bit here, yeah? and I hope you don't mind. Are we in a democratic country? Are we in a democracy or are we yeah, in a dictatorship? Yeah. We, 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 we hope to be. Yeah, in a democracy. <laughs> he's, he's going. So do we have freedom of speech? To an extent. So we don't have a democracy? We do. But depending on Do we have topics. a democracy or we don't have a democracy? Yeah, they, we, they give me a grey area. We're, we're, in the, we're in between. It's <laughs> but called, everything it's called, is. It's called. Uh, <laughs> but there is there is a grey in everything in life, you know what I mean? So It's not a black or white. There's no such thing as black and white. You know That's our I mean? principle. Okay. That's my perspective so at the end of the day. <laughs> so, you know, there, there there's no doubt about it. There's There's things that you can't do and can't say and... Unfortunately, unfortunately we, we do. We do live in that. And, and, and there are things that 
like in in look at that, you know what I mean? But like, not only here, not only in around in the world, country in every world, we even need. even in our Islamic lands, you, there's certain things you can say, you can okay. things you yeah. can't say, what or do. And, and again, we, and again, we, we, were ta- we were talking about male and female and yeah. feminism. Obviously, and, yes, yeah. yes. The topic okay. is yes, and I don't want to say anything to offend anybody. Obviously, and to get you guys into trouble and get myself into trouble <laughs> because it's even bad that we need to think about what we need to say. If that makes any sense, if I can't. Honestly, give you my personal opinion, which I'm entitled. Am I entitled to my personal? Of opinion? course you are. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Uh, if I have to sit here and pick my words carefully, then that doesn't mean I'm entitled to my opinion. Yeah, but the Rasulullah did that too. If you look at that, there's there's no perspective. Hang on a minute. I'm I'm not a politician. I'm not a leader. I'm none of the above. I'm a normal human being that's entitled to a normal opinion. Now, is it right? Probably not. Do people have to follow it? Of course not. But it's my opinion. Now, if I'm alive and I have a democracy behind me then I should be entitled to free speech without overly offending any specific person. But unfortunately, we don't have that democracy anymore. So I, do I answer your question without being offensive? Probably I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Probably I shouldn't. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, the struggle is, you know, I, I, I go back to our deen that our beloved said there'll come a time we're implementing Islam is like holding a hot coal. And I have read into the interpretation of that or the meaning of that. It's, I don't believe, it, and it's, it's come down to, it's not about the salat, the psalm, or going to the masjid. It's the compromise. How much are you willing to compromise of your deen? You know, we see, you know, the, we know that the hadith of Rasulullah at the last end of times is that a mu'min, a mu'min will leave his house and come back a non Believer. Those, those, those have been here for a while. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, so there's no doubt that in today's society, we're constantly being bombarded to compromise with our yeah. beliefs. And, and there's our, a tsunami. There's a tsunami. Like, subhanAllah. And I was speaking to one of the shukha in a long ago, and he goes, Ahmed, if you think society is not affecting you, you're kidding yourself. There's a tsunami of bombardment of haram and, and you know, so many different perspectives. And don't think that this tsunami is not moving you. You are being moved by it. You know, you're know, you part of a financial system. You're part of a... A society system. At the end of the day, you can hold on. You can hold on to the trees when this tsunami is walking. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. But you got to recognize that you are moving, and you have to swim back. And this is one of the reasons we started this podcast, yeah. Fedi. We, we we understand that the tsunami is on on these platforms. Yeah, it's on. And it's online. It's online. Yeah, but look, the the. That's why we're trying we, to create we, good content. We are the most blessed people on earth. A practicing Muslim is the best person on earth. Oh, he's not the best. He's by far the best, but he's the most blessed person on earth. Can you imagine you didn't have the religion of the Sunnah? Can you imagine? Yeah, of course, yeah, we can. We would go astray, but I think there's there's so many interpretations no, of that. You know, you know what I mean? Which was bringing me to my next comment. Yeah, Now, what that means in English is what? Yeah, you're, you're responsible. For you're responsible for yourself. For your own self. For your own accountability for yourself. If everybody wants to be whatever, you don't know. We don't have to follow. Now, have they tied our tongues to a degree? Yes, they have. But can they tie your actions? No. So, yani, mm. Once again, we're blessed to be Muslims. Why? Because we've been given a way of life, the sunnah. For every concern, we have an answer. For every question, we have an answer. We've got it all for us. And alhamdulillah, it's still there. It hasn't yeah. disappeared. But do we want it is the question. You know what I mean? The tsunami can be there. Yeah. Let it be there. But do I want to be on the bandwagon? No. 
I don't need to be on the bandwagon. Does society influence me to be on the bandwagon? Of course it does. In every single aspect of a life, yes. Can somebody live on their own? No. But what are we here for? That's that's the ultimate question. Look, you know, the way I see it personally is like, and it's going to take me to sort of the I am statement, you know? <laughs> and uh, this is, inshallah, we try to end the podcast on this I am statement. I don't know if you've noticed that no. before, but so subhanAllah, like I truly believe that um, the best of us is our Prophet's baby pony. And, and the reason he is the best of us, because he is the most beneficial human being that walked the I don't believe anybody on this face earth has benefited us or benefited humanity, even the ozone layer, you name it, the trees, because purely because of the guidance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent through Jibreel to him to be of benefit. And he left with nothing, but to this day he's the most beneficial human being because he benefited me and you and everybody, all our brothers and he's sisters. Still, he's still benefiting. the end of time. The question I ask my brothers and my Muslim brothers is, who are you benefiting? Who are you benefiting? And, and, and subhanAllah, and, and it's a shame, most of our Muslim brothers and sisters that we meet are benefiting themselves or the people that they love the most as much as, but they never reach out further like our beloved Prophet who, who mashallah, reached everything. And my I am statement is to walk in his footsteps, you know, and which is I am a student who's learning that aims to be of benefit, which is walking in his footsteps. What would be your I am statement as Fedi Koda in a single sentence who is Fadi in a single stent sentence? And, you know, and that's, it's a, such a powerful thing, I think, to, to say. Okay, I, I wanted to make one statement before I made that. And I, I've been meaning to say it, but in a more public space or one of my next um, public talks or one of my next public auctions. I want to be known for the person that did everything he can for everybody else, not just himself. That's, and I'm sure you can appreciate what I'm saying. Otherwise, I wouldn't get involved in a lot. A lot of people say to me, why are you getting involved with this person? He's, it's a lost cause. Why are you getting involved in that marriage? It's a lost cause. But once again, if I put my faith in Allah, I know that maybe one word might change somebody. And to answer your question, I am somebody that wants to be known to have helped for the sake of Allah as much as I, I could have. Not just financially, not just um, in any 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 aspect whatsoever. Mashallah, you are that. Mashallah. My brother, which I got a lot of respect for one of my brothers who works with me. He always says to me, why are you even, why do you constantly do that? Why do you constantly find yourselves in this situation? They don't have the patience or the faith that it takes to help people. Mm. Because it does. To help a lot of elf community today does take a lot of patience. It does, yeah. And they can't see the A lot of light. energy too. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes, you know, subhanAllah, we've, we've been there. You know, there's so many brothers and sisters that we try to help that are just closed doors and they, they refuse to open doors. But subhanAllah, we say, oh, Rob, you're the one that opens the heart. And subhanAllah, sooner or later, do, do your best. He's, the, he's the one who opens the heart. Now, look, I think I've done a lot of good in my time in regards to helping a lot of people. Have I failed a lot? Yeah, I've probably failed yeah. more than I've helped. But at the end of the day, I've, I've tried. I think I've tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if if we stop trying, then what example are we leaving for exactly. our kids and the next year? Like my, my kids see me mediate a lot and hear a lot of arguing and hear a lot of screaming while mediating. Not from me, from the two that are. But that might teach them in the future to... I don't want to say like one last thing, which I did say I was going to mention before the I am statement. This is for our younger generation that I wish I had somebody tell me this when I was younger. Would you speed with a camera? Mm, most you know there's a camera? Would you yeah, most most same people don't, but some do. Red light camera, <laughs> would you speed? No. Would you throw a punch or get into a fight in front of a camera? No. Why is it that we're more scared of the government and the cops than we have Allah? Is Allah not watching us 24-7? That is a... God consciousness, bro. That's, that's the key. 
and he, we know he's watching us 24-7. He knows what I'm feeling, what I'm saying, what my intention is behind what I'm saying. Amen. Yet the minute we see a camera, we stop and we slow down, oh, we better make it a fine. But Allah has that on you 24-7, guys and girls. 24-7. Even the intention. I say hello to Ibo, but if it's not coming from my heart, he knows that hello wasn't sincere. Sincere. They, what, are we really more scared of the government, more scared of the fine, more scared of whatever the case may be than the one that's actually watching us 24-7? Just remember that, guys. That's something you need to really, really be aware of. We forget that, bro. We honestly forget that, bro. Great advice. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for... And to be honest, I don't... And if it wasn't for our relationship, I don't think I would ever have done anything like this. You know that. I'm not a social media person. I'm not out and a public person. But inshallah, it helps... Remind me before it reminds anybody else and helps somebody else. Amen. Amen. Don't think what you're doing, maybe you don't get patted on the back. I don't know. You do no, get some good feedback, but I can no. guarantee you I've seen what it's done to a lot of young youth in, in the area. You know what I mean? I, I, I know for a fact what you're doing is extremely well. Alhamdulillah. Thank you very much. Allah bless you and your family. And uh, inshallah, please, uh, our beloved uh, viewers, please, guys, please don't forget to like, share, and follow, please. Uh, any commentary, would love to hear your questions. And inshallah, uh, also get those answered. They're more than happy to take questions and Amen. we'll pass it on to Fadi to answer you guys and we'll put them in the inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.